Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. We thank the Lord for the opportunity that we have to always come before his presence. We thank the Lord for the opportunity that we have as uh, children of God. And we thank the Lord for, for the gift of life, for, for Jesus Christ that died for us and has shed his blood for us. And uh, today, by the grace of God, we are reconciled unto the Lord. Today we are looking at we're looking at the another parable, and among so many parables of Jesus Christ, for for a couple of weeks we've been looking at the parables of Jesus Christ. And today, by God's grace, we're looking at the parable of the lost sheep. Luke chapter 15, from verse 1 to 7. Let us pray. Our Father and our Lord, we thank you. Almighty God, we bless your name. We worship your name, we exalt your name. We thank you for the opportunity for us to always come together to share from your word at your feet. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Today, as we look into your word, we pray that your spirit and your power will fill the atmosphere, will fill every heart. You explain your word, you apply your word to our understanding, to our lives in Jesus' name. And together, all of us will be better people for you, better church for you, in Jesus' name. We thank you because you have answered us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're looking at Luke chapter, Luke chapter 15 from verse 1. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, to hear him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eat with them. So he told them this parable, verse 3, verse 4. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder, rejoicing. Cease. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Today, by the grace of God, we'll be looking at, uh, from those seven scriptures, from those seven verses of the scripture, there are some of the revelations that we have. Number one, the heart that seeks to hear him. The heart that seeks to hear him. Number two, the spirit of God, the difference. The spirit of God, the difference. And then we'll be looking at the existence of class among the children of God in the kingdom of God the assistance of class, the priority of the kingdom, the priority of the kingdom, the lost. We'll be looking at perseverance in the pursuit of the lost, and then we'll be looking at celebration after victory on a soul that repents. May the Lord God speaks to our hearts and help us in Jesus' name. Amen. 
the heart that seeks to hear him. The heart that seeks to hear him. Then drew near unto him. Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. The publicans and the sinners were there to hear him. His teachings had been giving hope to the poor, the rejected, the labeled in the society, the outcasts, the sinners, the publicans and the sinners, that there is a space for them in the kingdom of God. Prior to Jesus Christ, these people had always been a kind of hopeless. They are rejected by the society. They even feel it's not possible again to belong you know, in the kingdom of God. It's not possible. God does not, God no longer has space for them. But by the time they begin to hear from Jesus Christ, they begin to see that, oh, there is something in it for us. There is hope for us. There is space for us. There is room for us. They've been labeled as publicans, as sinners, different names that, you know, had detracted them from, from, from being a child of God. But when Jesus came into the picture, they saw that unlike what they've been used to hearing, it was like there is room, there is hope from the teaching of this man. Unlike what they've heard and heard and heard over time that have, you know, put them off, make it, made it impossible for them. They see, oh, there is something for us here. Also, they came for to hear him. And by the time we look into these seven verses of the scripture, the parable of, of the lost sheep, we begin to see that what actually, you know, kick-started the whole parable is this fact that they came for to hear him. They came to hear him. Many came with their, many, normally, many came with their faces, many came with their bodies for different reasons. In Luke chapter, in that Luke chapter, 15. Let's look at that Luke chapter 15. In Luke chapter 15, verse 2, we, we discover that the, the Pharisees were there. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 2, the Pharisees were there, and the Pharisees and the scribes, they murmured, saying, this man receives sinners and heat with them. The Pharisees were murmuring that Jesus was receiving sinners and eating with them. Okay, so they were also there. They were also there to listen to him, but they were not there with the same heart, with the same purpose in their heart with these people in verse 1. The people in verse 1 were there to hear him, but the people in verse 2, from what we have seen, they were not there with the same focus, with the same, with the same objective in their heart. These ones were there to look at, to examine, to evaluate, and to compare with what is in the law, what is in the prophet, whether his teaching complies or it does not comply, and wherever they see, whatever they see is, is, is like is the deviation. They were there to see the deviation from the teachings of Jesus Christ. And so also in Matthew chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15, quickly, in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 30. 
Matthew chapter 15 and verse 30, the Bible says, And a great multitude came to him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. This scripture also explains to us, also makes us to see that when the, you see a crowd that comes to hear the word of God, there are some of them that come with different reasons. But a lot of these people came with their ailments to be healed by him. They came so that their problems could be solved. Even today, we see that among people that come, you know, to listen to the word of God, come to church, come, people come with different focus in their heart, as we had in those days. In Luke chapter 15, verse 17, and when he came unto him, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread? No, sorry, Luke chapter 5, that's what, Luke chapter 5, verse 17. I was reading Luke chapter 15, verse 17. Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. And it came to pass, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the Lord sitting by, which were come out from every town of Galilee and Jerusalem and Judea, and the power of God was present to you. Jesus was teaching. Jesus was preaching. The power of God was there to heal, to save, to deliver. But there were people, doctors of the Lord, Pharisees, that were just there sitting by. They were not there with their hearts, with their hearts, to hear the word of God, to benefit from the word of God. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The, the hearing, here, yeah, the hearing of these people that we found in Luke chapter 15, verse, verse 1, the hearing was not, was not just with the hear. The hearing was with the heart. Now the, collect, the task collectors and sinners were all drawing near for to hear him. That hearing was hearing from the heart. And that hearing is, like I said, is the reason why the whole parable came up. Because with that hearing, we have the heart that seeks the word of God. And the heart that seeks the word of God is always, always a gold. Always, always golden in the kingdom of God. It is that, it is Jesus noticing that heart in the people that attracted Jesus Christ to him, I mean to them. And Jesus was able to identify with them because that heart is what is important to God. The heart that comes probing, praying, seeking, oh God, what do you have for me? Oh God, what do you have for me? Quickly, let's look at Job chapter 34. Job chapter 34. Job chapter 34. Job chapter 34 and verse 32. In Job chapter 34 and verse 32, that which I see not teach thou me. If I have done iniquity, I will do no more. That which I see not teach thou me. If I have done iniquity, I will do no more. The heart, that is the heart speaking. The body will come, but the heart is also asking questions. Oh God, I'm not coming. I don't want to come just like that. But I want you to change my life. 
I want you to show me what I need to improve upon. I want you to show me where you need me, what you need me, what else you need me to do differently from what I'm doing. I want you to make me the more closer and closer and closer unto yourself. And that is the heart that Jesus saw in those people that attracted him unto them. And that, that was the reason why he went unto them. In Isaiah chapter 66 from verse 1, thus says the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye built unto me, and where is the place of my rest? For all those things has my hand made, and all those things has been, says the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembles at my word. The one that trembles at my word. The one that trembles at the word of God. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed that they who hunger and thirst will remember. After righteousness, for they shall be filled. He's talking about the heart. He's talking about the head. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible makes us understand that the Lord God is the God that searches what? The heart. He searches the heart. He knows the intention of the thought. So that quickly, this was what Jesus saw in this, in this set of people that drew him closer unto himself. Importantly, we need to read Ezekiel chapter 36. We need to read Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, quickly. Ezekiel chapter 36, 26. Ezekiel 36. And verse 26. In Ezekiel chapter 36, we're reading from verse 26. A new heart. We read from verse 24. For I will take you from among the hidden and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. God has already promised that he will bring them. He will bring them onto the land where he wants them to be. And that he said he will do what? He will sprinkle clean water upon them. And then they will be clean. They will be clean from all their filthinesses and their idols. He will cleanse them. That is the salvation. That is the salvation that he promised, that he will bring us out of the world. He will bring us into the fold for us to become children of God. Then, in verse 26, a new heart. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart of flesh, of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. The Lord will give us this heart of flesh in Jesus' name. The Lord God looks at the heart. The heart of people is like a magnet. It's like a magnet that magnetizes the Spirit of God. So we should actually be praying that God will give us this heart. As he promised in Ezekiel chapter 36. It was that same heart that Jesus saw that, you know, that attracted Jesus unto this set of people. Quickly, we move on. The Spirit of God, the difference. What was the? What were the? What were the Pharisees? What, what, what were the Pharisees saying? What was the difference between the teachings of the Pharisees and that of Jesus Christ? 
And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eat with them. The Pharisees had been the one teaching them. They've been the one, you know, the rabbis, the one teaching and teaching. They, 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 they now see, the people see a difference. And the people are attracted. And Jesus also is attracted to them. But the Pharisees kid. They murmured and said, look at him. He's eating, he receives sinners. He does not reject sinners. He receives sinners. And he's even eating with them. This man cannot be cannot be godly. But the question is, what made the difference between the teachings of the Pharisees and the teachings of Jesus Christ? Something is the reason why these people, they now see hope. The hope they saw from where they never saw hope before. They now see that, oh, there is room for us. But what they've always seen is that, no, the word of God, we cannot meet it, we cannot go there. Sinners were not used to going to listen to the word of God because the Pharisees and the teachers were not also used to having them around them. So there is something that caused the difference. And you see the difference from the, what the word of God has taught us, the difference in the ministration of Jesus and those of the, and those of the Pharisees is what? The spirit of God. In Acts of the Apostles, quickly, chapter, 30, chapter 10 and verse 38. If you have your Bible, Act of the Apostles, chapter 10, and verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus Christ was anointed of the Holy Ghost. The difference between the Pharisees and Jesus, Jesus' preaching was inspired by the Holy Ghost was inspired by the Spirit of God. And because the Spirit of God is attracted by hearts that wants to change, the heart that wants to seek the kingdom of God. So it was easy for Jesus to be attracted to them. On the contrary, these people, they are trained. They know the law. They are lawyers. They, 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 they know the Torah. They know all, the, all this. They were applying it you know, according to their knowledge. They were applying it what they know. As far as they are concerned, if you, have, if you steal, you, 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 you do not measure up to the kingdom of God. If you commit sin, whatever sin you committed, there is no rule. See, they just apply it, you know, physically. You, from their knowledge, they apply the word, the word of God. And that was the difference. There was no grace. There was no mercy in their preaching. It was just judgment and judgment for sin. In John chapter 6 and verse 63, in John chapter 6, verse 63, the difference between the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of, of the Pharisees and the scribes. John chapter 3, yeah, chapter, chapter 6 and verse 63. It is the spirit that quickened. The flesh profited, profit nothing. The words that I speak to you. They are spirit, they are life. Jesus said, it is the spirit that quickens. The flesh does not profit anything. The flesh is what we will, we will apply. But he said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit, they are life. And the lesson for us here, the takeaway for us here is that anything we are doing in the house of God, we should pray that we will not be ministering 
whether I am teaching or I am, you know, whatever I'm cleaning the bed, even if I'm the choir, what I'm singing song, whatsoever I am doing in the house of God, my prayer is that the Spirit of God will be the one ministering to me. Because the, the problem with the Pharisees here, they were doing their work, but they were doing it in the flesh. And it was because they were doing it from their head knowledge and from the flesh, that was why they could not, they were, they, the administration did not have grace. The administration did not have the Spirit of God. So that whatsoever it is we are doing in the house of God must be inspired by the Spirit of God. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Now also another thing we'll see from Luke chapter 15 from verse 1 and 2 is the existence of class among the children of God. Among the children of God. And the Pharisees and the scribe murmur saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So that in, among them, among the children of Israel, in this society, they are, the, the Pharisees believe that they are the ones that, that, they are the ones that obey God. They are the ones that knows the word of God. They are the ones that are godly. And that the other people are not godly. They are the sinner. We are the righteous people. You know, we see that in, from, from this, we see that the kingdom of God, there is, there is, that, that carnality always try to set in. The Lord God will help us in Jesus' name. The ministration of Jesus broke that tradition of class and labeling. It embraces the rejected and the outclassed, giving hope to them that they remain central in the plan of God. The poor, if we look at that, Luke chapter 14 from verse, 13, verse 11 to 13, Jesus said, go and get the poor, the maim, the odds, and bring them into the kingdom of God. Which means that whatever, whatever it is, God still have a plan for his people. Here we have to be careful as a church by reason of our diversity, by reason of the fact that you know, we all come from different, uh, different origin, different, different origin. You know, and we are together. That we do not allow class and you know labeling. And I belong to this group. I belong to that group. We have the language church. We have people from different part of the world as part of a congregation. We should not. We must not allow. We must pray. We must. We must believe in God and we must pray that God will help us to avoid the pitfall that the Pharisees, these Pharisees fell into, will not be our portion in Jesus' name. They criticized Jesus and pointed out that he was embracing sinners and eating with them. And as such, he's not upholding the law of God and godliness and could not therefore be godly himself. But they missed the mark. They missed the mark because God does not really, God does not really, you know, take what they take as being important. God does not take it as being important. God is interested in everybody, everybody, whether whatever, whatever their situation, whatever the class, the, our judgment of the person. God is interested in that person. These religious people no longer they no longer wish that that these sinners get a chance for redemption. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Now, another thing quickly, as we move on in the parable, another thing we see from this parable of 
of the lost sheep is the priority of the kingdom of God. In Luke chapter in Luke chapter 15, we're reading now from verse, verse 3 and 4. Luke chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it? until he finds it the priority the priority of the kingdom of god the priority in the kingdom of god is the lost the lost sheep people that come seeking for the kingdom of god and his righteousness with their hearts from their inner self from their inner being from their spirit man people that come ready presenting themselves before the word of god they are described here as the lost. In Luke chapter 19, from verse 1 to 10. Luke chapter 19, from verse 1 to 10. From verse 1 to 10, we see the story of Zacchaeus. We see the story of Zacchaeus. Time we fail us to begin to read everything. But in verse 10, he said, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost to, is come to seek and to save that which is lost. So that you see, the major reason why Jesus Christ came is found in, in this scripture and actually is also found in this parable, the lost, the people that are supposed to be in the fold and they may be, they may be part they may be part of the congregation, they may be outside the congregation, wherever they may be, as long as they have the heart, they have the heart to, to, to come into the kingdom, they have the right heart, they have that heart to, that, wants, that is hungry, that wants to seek the Lord. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is Lord. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 6, Matthew chapter 10, verse 6, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He said, when he sent them out, he said, but rather do what? Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And we as children of God, if we are true ambassadors of the kingdom of God in the world around us, of course, we should keep, we should key into this important priority. The important priority is what? soul winning, the lost, going after the lost. The kingdom of God goes after the lost. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, we leave the 99, other ones that are in, he will leave them and he will deploy all resources, all resources to go after the lost. And he will not just deploy all resources to go after the lost, he will deploy all those resources and he will continue to deploy the resources until, until he has found them. Until he has found them. So winning should be our priority. As children of God, we need to, we need to key into that priority 
what the Bible, what, what has been revealed to us from, from this parable as the priority of the kingdom of God, we also have to key into it. Whatever we are doing, we have to, we have to. You see, ambassadors, when we say that we are ambassadors, if I'm the ambassador of another country and I'm living here, living here in, in Montreal, and then, and then I cannot be doing something that is different from what the policies of my own country, my own government is. I must continue to, to further what it is, the policies and the principles of my own government. I cannot be different from what they are doing. And if going after the lost, going after the lost is, is what is important, priority of the kingdom of God as true ambassadors, we have to key into it. Our prayer pattern, because our prayer pattern always mirror our lives, always mirror our spiritual life. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, we remember the Lord's prayer. After this manner, you should pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day a daily bread. After this manner, if we look at our personal prayer pattern, the, the, the manner in which we pray, Jesus said, after this manner you should pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Give us this day. A lot of us, maybe we only pray when we come for corporate prayer. Corporate prayer is good, but then personal prayer is also very important. And in the personal prayer, the pattern it should go. When we hello, when we go before the Lord, we 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 praise Him, we thank Him, and then we pray that His kingdom come. Let Your kingdom come. Let your kingdom, let your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. What they are doing in heaven, what is priority to them in heaven, let it happen on earth. Let it happen in our midst. In our midst as the, 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 repli the, rep the replica of the kingdom of God on earth. Let the will of God be done in our midst. And then after all that, we talk about give us this day our needs, our daily bread. Many of us, we just go before the Lord, oh God, you are my Father in heaven, give me this day my daily bread. Give me this day my daily bread. Give me this day my daily bread. The Lord God will help us in Jesus' name. In verse 21 of that Matthew chapter 6, he said we should lay our where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. Quickly, another, another takeaway that we see in the parable of, of the lost, Luke chapter 15, verse 4. What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it? Until he finds it, the pursuit, the desperation of heaven to recover the lost. He stops at nothing. He goes after the lost. He pays whatever the price will be. He endures whatever the, the negativity, whatever the cost, whatever the sacrifice, whatever it will be. He is willing to go 
whatever mine. Maybe in the case of this particular sheep, he has gone far. He is 10 kilometers away from the fold. He will go after him. Maybe the other one is 1,000 kilometers away from the fold. He will still go after the lost sheep. In winter, in summer, in rain, in shine, until he finds it. He does not withdraw. He is not discouraged. He goes and goes and goes after the Lord. That is the pursuit. That is the pursuit and the determination, the persistence, the die-hard spirit of the Father of heaven to go after the lost. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. He deploys all resources of heaven to bring back the lost quickly. He stops only when the sinner repents. When the sinner repents. So that soul winning, this, this, this parable makes us understand clearly that soul winning is a big deal. It is a big deal in the kingdom of God. And as children of God, as people, followers, disciples of Jesus Christ, ambassadors of the kingdom of God, in the world where we are found, we cannot be disconnected from the heartbeat of the Father. We cannot be disconnected. We have to key into it. If we need to re rearrange our priorities, we, we, de we determine our lives, we determine the way we live, we, the way we deploy our resources, our time, our talent, our resources, our money, everything. We have to understand that soul winning must take part of what we should pursue. Our focus, our goal, our objective cannot be dissimilar from that that is done in the kingdom of God. We have to key into the pursuit of the lost. Christ pursued and saves the lost. And Christians, Christians like Christ, Christians are Christ-like. They cannot be different. They cannot be different. In, in Luke chapter 19, quickly verse 10. Luke chapter 19 verse 10. For the Son of Man, we read it before, is come to seek and to save that which is lost. He will seek. He will seek and save that which is lost. And that is the will of God for, for us as a church, for us as individuals, for us as people that are followers of Jesus Christ in this city where we are found. To seek, to join the army, the army that seek and save that which is lost. John chapter 10, verse 16. In John chapter 10 and verse 16, quickly. John chapter 10 and in verse 16. Another sheep I have. When he was talking in John chapter 10, Bible students will remember Jesus talked about the good shepherd. When he was saying, and other sheep I have, which are not already in this fold, them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. That is what we, what we have outside. One sheep, uh, one, one fold, and one shepherd. Jesus desires all the, those that have the heart to follow the word of God, to follow the Lord, that we will go after them. He will definitely go after them. But he desires that we, that we are his children, that we are his followers, we will key into that. In Romans chapter 10, verse 1, 
Paul the Apostle was speaking here. He said, my heart desire, my heart desire and prayer for Israel is that they will be saved. My heart desire, brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a seal of God, but not according to knowledge. So Paul the Apostle was talking about the need for them to be saved. So our point here is that soul, win soul winners must persist in the quest for the lost until they come into and are rooted in the fold of Jesus Christ. We must join the train. And God expects us as children of God to get involved in it. Every individual in the kingdom of God is extremely important to God. And I am not more important than any other person. You are not more important to God than any other person. We are all important. Even the people that are outside that are going to come into the fold, they are very, very important, and we have to go after them. The Lord God of heaven will help us in Jesus' name. Finally, celebration over the soul that repent. In Luke chapter 15, we go back to Luke chapter 15 from verse 7. In Luke chapter 15, quickly, from verse 5, we read from verse 5 to verse 7. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. And when he has found it, this scripture also makes us to understand, gives us, you know, an insight into the, the joy, the rejoicing in heaven, the joy over one soul that repents. It says that there is so much joy over just one soul that repents. And I remember when uh, the last time, I think a couple of Sundays ago, Gil Leduc was with us, and he was sharing of his testimony of when he saw people that, you know, were coming into repentance, raw people, and he was sharing his testimony. I remember that, that yes, there is joy in heaven over people that come into the kingdom of God, repenting, sinners that repent. There is celebration. Jesus Christ, the Father, and the angels, and everybody in heaven, they celebrate it. And if you, so winners over time, if you, if you experience it, you will just see as a soul winner that sometimes you will just, when you see it, there will just be a joy, a kind of joy that will just protrude out of your heart. It is connecting you to the celebration that is going on in heaven. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So when he brings joy to the Father, he brings joy to the Lord. He brings joy to the whole of the kingdom of God. Going after the lost, going after the lost, persisting and persisting, deploying all the resources. It may take one year, and then you get it. You are not discouraged. Whatever it may take, whatever you have to endure, 
you go after until you get until they come in until he finds him and when they come in there is joy there is celebration in the kingdom of god when a sinner repents it is a big big win a massive victory in the kingdom of god as they come from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light in verse 10 of Luke chapter 15, he said, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angel of God over one sinner that repents. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The Lord God will help us to key into this individually. What the Lord wants us to do. Our time, our talent, sometimes we need to look at it again. We need to pray. We need to pray that God will give us the grace to be able to follow him. To be able to follow him. Jesus Christ said that my meat is to do the will of my Father which is in heaven. And here we have seen some of all these revelations that, number one, the heart that seeks to hear the word of God, we need to pray that the Lord will help us. That in our church, in our midst, that heart, the Spirit of God will see that heart. Because it was because the Spirit of God saw that heart. That was what drew Jesus unto them. That they had to hear the word of God, to do the word of God, to, to, to correct our lives, to allow the word of God to impart our lives, to allow the word of God to shape our lives so that more and more we, begin, we, we continue to, to, to go closer to the image of Jesus Christ. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And then we have seen that the Spirit of God makes the difference. Makes the difference in the ministration of Jesus Christ and the ministration of the Pharisees. We don't want to be doing everything we do in the kingdom of God in a carnal way. We, want, we don't want to be relying on ourselves. We want to rely on the Spirit of God. The assistance of class. Yes, class, you know, we, I belong to this, they belong to that. We are Pharisees, they are sinners. Sinners cannot come into the kingdom. We have to be careful of that. The Lord God will help us in, in Jesus' name. And the, 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 the parable itself, the priority, the priority that the kingdom of God gives to the lost, so also as individuals, followers of Jesus Christ, we have to consider that we have to give resources to it. We have to give our time, our talent into the process of bringing the lost, going after the lost, pursuing the lost. Sometimes it feels that, oh, we don't have the time, we are very busy, but even out of your busy, busy, busy shadows, you still have to find a way of creating something, creating something that will mirror the word of God. You go after the lost until you find it. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And then the perseverance. Perseverance in the pursuit. Sometimes we are discouraged. Sometimes we are not, it, it seems we are not getting the results, the result that, 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 that is commensurate with the input that we are putting into it. I remember uh, also a couple of weeks ago that uh, the, the parable that Pastor Pastor Brent gave us about, about the farmer that put the seed in the ground and goes to sleep and, and he doesn't know how that seed in the ground germinates and, and comes alive. It comes with the sickle and begins to harvest. 
the Spirit of God will be working. Why we are, we, we are, our own is just to do the physical work. And then the Spirit of God will be working in the heart of those people, of those people that will eventually be saved. And as a result of that, we must not be discouraged. We must not hold back. And as we do that, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And finally, that there is celebration after victory over every soul that comes into the kingdom of God. I pray that the Lord God of heaven with this, this parable and these scriptures will change our lives, will make us to be better people, better followers of the Lord, the shepherd, in Jesus' name. Shall we bow down our head for prayers? Let's begin to thank the Lord. Let's, let's thank the Lord and commit ourselves into the hands of the Lord, that the Lord, our God, will help us to have the heart that seek him, the heart that want to live for him, to do his will, and that will also be able to connect to the kingdom of God, to the, to the, to the, to the pursuit, the pursuit after the lordship. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. God bless you.